I am Abby and this is Erin. Welcome to our podcast, Living Your Best Life. We believe that every person has the potential to create a life full of passion and purpose. We want to inspire and support you in your journey to unlocking your best self. We inform all listeners that the views, thoughts and opinions expressed throughout the podcast are purely the opinions of the Living Your Best Life podcast team and are not intended to replace expert medical, legal or psychological advice. This is complete guidance and mentorship at the highest level. Abby and Erin exclusively only work with six clients total per year, whereby as a team, you have exclusive access to both of their experience, wealth of knowledge, and access to all industry contacts. Nothing is ever held back. All business success stories are shared with you. Abby and Erin can support you with everything you need to know about creating a business that serves your passion and purpose whilst creating profit, exclusive access to all of their business stories and experiences, industry introductions, authentic conversations to support your journey to success. After you apply to exclusively work alongside Abby and Erin and are accepted, you will be set up with an introductory meet and greet. Welcome back to season four of Living Your Best Life podcast. We are up to episode seven. We're almost coming to the tail end of our season four. And this week we have the incredible Kylie Loveday. Kylie has worked as a professional actor in TV, film and voiceovers for the last 10 years. Since graduating from NIDA, Kylie has worked on projects including Space Chickens in Space, Disney and Stan, The Bureau of Magical Things, Nickelodeon, Mako Island, Netflix, Hoax, Channel 7, and Australia Day, Foxtel. She has also featured in numerous national and international commercial campaigns. Not only is Kylie a passionate on-screen performer, but has also completed a Bachelor of Psychology and is doing a PhD in Psychology and Performance at Griffith University. Kylie is a specialist in performance psychology and wants to help actors elevate their mindset and craft using evidence-based techniques. There is so much for us to discuss discuss today. Please welcome the beautiful Kylie Loveday. Thank Hello. you so much for joining us. You're so welcome. So great to have you here. Yeah, we know you have a bit of, of a tight schedule at the moment, yeah. so we appreciate you fitting us in. Now, you have worked as a professional actor in TV, film and voiceovers for the past 10 years. How did your journey in the film industry begin for you? Film was later. I started in musical theatre as a wow. child. Yeah. So I I started at about eight in musical theatre. I did before that, you know, dancing, singing, the whole gymnastics, thing. all <laughs> the things that kids do. Yeah. But then it was more when I had left uni and I was trying to understand where did I fit in yeah. the industry because I had an injury. Oh, my elbow pretty yeah. much shattered it. And that prevented me from really progressing in dance as much. Mm -hmm. So when I was thinking, where do I fit in this industry? Where are my strengths? I really understood myself. I understood Mm -hmm. myself as a performer, what I could offer. And I knew that acting was a really big strength of mine and Mm -hmm. a really big passion of mine. So at about 23, I just made the decision to change agents to a more television and film orientated agent. And yeah, that's when I started focusing on it and getting into it more. Yeah, wow, that's so so awesome. So what has been a career highlight for you? This is a really hard question (laughs) for me to answer because at this point in my career, I feel like I've had different highlights. Yeah. So 
finding out when I had a series regular role, I was, you wow. know, down, yeah, down on one knee, fist pumping. That was amazing. Yeah. Joel and I, my partner, we've worked together on several projects, a couple yeah. of national TVCs, a couple of television series. And that's also been a highlight because you don't often get to work with your, your partner. partner. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. It's very rare to be cast together. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've, I've got to meet some amazing actors like Dylan O'Brien and Josh Lawson and, and Justin Clark, like working with them yeah, and amazing. learning from them. So it's really hard. But then I was also reflecting and thinking, maybe I just haven't had that role as well where I've felt my soul nourished yeah. as well. So it's kind of hard to answer because yeah. there's highlights for different reasons. And then I'm like, well, maybe there just hasn't been a highlight. So, you know, yeah. well, you've had, you've had mo- multiple highlights, but maybe yeah, that one big beaming one hasn't, hasn't set in yet. Yeah. And I've had, you know, I've had some pretty cool callbacks too for really big life-changing roles and got down to the last couple for those. Wow. And that's also been a highlight. So yeah, that's why it's so hard because every gig and every journey is a highlight in this yeah, industry. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because you're constantly learning and evolving as an artist and, and you're still auditioning for things, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So, yeah, big moments <laughs> yeah, are still like, to come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's squeezing them into her schedule. Yeah, that's awesome. So cool. With the film industry booming at the moment in this country, in your opinion, what excites you the most about this growth? The word is in there, the opportunity. Yeah. You used to have to go to America to feel this busy. Mm. And now there are new production companies starting up. There are new studios being built. And lately the auditions have been flooding. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, we yeah. have felt that from our end, our end for sure with the agency. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so knowing that it's not just one person auditioning for one show and everyone's auditioning them for that show. Yes. You're, yeah, <laughs> it's, you're hearing of people auditioning for so many different shows, so many different roles, and knowing that everyone's getting the audition that's perfect for them, opportunities are flooding for them, and that it's going to happen. Yeah. It's not oh, you're going to have to leave, you're going to have to go here, you're going to have to go there. It's knowing that you just, you're going to get your opportunity. Yeah, and that's amazing. In and in country, our own country. So yes. awesome. I feel like even for young performers, dancers, singers, actors, it's always, you know, you're going to London or you're moving over to America, but to have the opportunities here for young people to be working towards, it's like mm. we've never had it's this. No, and it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. The, the east coast of Australia. Aussie Wood. Aussie Wood. Well, there's a couple of actors who are moving to Australia now because they value lifestyle since COVID as well. Yes, totally. And people don't want to travel as much for work anymore. So they're really seeing the value in being in a space where they want to live. Yes. And it's nice that then we can stay here as well and enjoy that ourselves. 100%. Especially Sydney, northern New South Wales, Gold Coast, where it is really booming. They're just amazing places to live. It is exciting times. About time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And also another thing is the diversity of projects. Yeah. Because of the growth, I've had a lot of auditions for such different projects, such different characters, you know, different characters that have different accents and it it really pushes you to then. Yeah. I've seen in myself over the last while my own growth. So I think that's exciting because you're getting pushed and you know that you're growing as an artist and that you know that you're that bettering of yourself Mm. is going to help you as an artist. Yeah, absolutely. Forever learning and growing in this this industry for Mm. sure. So cool. So you're super passionate about education and are currently completing a PhD in psychology and performance at Griffith Uni. Please tell us a bit about this and what inspired you to do it. 
Okay, so a bit about it is that I'm looking at the psychological factors that are involved in peak performance in screen acting. Mm-hmm. So I'm using a psychological research perspective and I'm looking at it within the field of screen acting and how to reach optimal performance. So cool. Mm, because in acting, so it doesn't exist. It's never been yeah. done before. You know, it's like you either have it or you don't, whereas you're like saying, no, you can actually learn and develop these skills. Well, do you go to the doctor and do you go, oh, I have these symptoms, I feel really sick, and the doctor doesn't go, oh, well, I feel like you could get better by doing this. Subjective opinion. (laughs) Yeah, No, they don't. They they base it on research and evidence. But years and years ago, even in psychology, they used to prescribe based on opinion and then the field became a science. Mm -hmm. So part of the reason why I wanted to do my PhD was because I felt that actors didn't have that support. When I started studying acting, I was like, oh, but this is just, this is an opinion and there's nothing wrong with opinion and it is valid and it is rich and it is useful. Yeah. And there is years and years of support for for those opinions. Mm -hmm. It wasn't enough for me. Yeah. That's all. I felt like there was a lack of guidance and that someone's opinion could actually be harmful if it wasn't supported and hurtful. It's so true. Because it felt like opinion and not structured and based on a tool. Yeah. So it felt very... And two, not everyone fits a mould. So then therefore, yeah, you're right, it can be harmful to someone that maybe isn't fitting into what is someone's opinion. Yeah. I really like that. So I thought that bring that scientific rigor well it's not just that person's opinion mm. yeah that's it's, gonna make or break your career yeah, this is psychologically yeah. proven this is 150 <laughs> 200 people have had the same experience it's statistically yes. evidence it's not just mm. it's not just chance yeah this i love it is proven. And the other thing was at the time i was working in a research assistant job and i was acting on the side yeah and I just felt like it wasn't serving my best life. I know that's a little bit yeah. ironical because the title. Of no, you the know show. what? <laughs> no, but it's so amazing because I feel like our podcasts all naturally lead back to living in alignment. Yeah. And it's amazing because we've had this conversation mm. without even having this conversation. It organically comes up mm. when we're speaking with our guests. And I love that. I think it's so awesome that you've just brought that up because it's like, yeah, we were just talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought. Why not apply for a scholarship to do it? Because you can get a scholarship, get paid to do a PhD. Wow. Yeah. So I thought if I get this scholarship, I'll earn the same amount that I am working for someone else so I could get paid to pursue something for myself rather than for someone else. So that's when I And to create something that that could be used for educating actors and performers for the future. I love that. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah, and that way. Yeah, I did. I was going to say, don't don't want to keep racking up those hex debts. I've literally just paid mine off. (laughs) No. The sound of doing a PhD sounds amazing, but tell us about your experience. Like, has it been a massive commitment for you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It, It is. At the start, probably less. Yeah. But I probably wasn't as invested at the start. Yeah. And then as time has gone on, it's been massive. I work long hours outside Mm. of normal work and auditioning and Mm. you know running a company so there's been a lot of time commitment a lot of having to prioritize what's really important to me and sometimes having to say no to things yeah so it's a lot of effort and it's made me realize how resilient I am as a person because I do feel like I can push through boundaries I feel like I have that self-belief that I can just do it and I will do it yes so good but it takes a lot of rigor taking feedback on redoing things 
a hundred times. You know, I, I, it took 200 different versions of a manuscript and five different journals before I published, which is a requirement of the PhD to publish. Yeah. It took a lot of effort to publish. And because the sciences and the arts don't complement each other, they're not accepted. That was part of that challenge. So pushing through those boundaries and trying to position why this research was so important as well to support actors in the arts. That's incredible. So yeah, it has taken a lot of not only time, personal effort, you know, personal recalibration, but trying to pave that way has Mm. taken a lot of effort for the well, hopefully it inspires people to, you know, keep coming through with with more supporting evidence for this. Mm. I for hope the industry. Helps, yeah. yeah, it will pave the way for sure. And you're nearly finished September, yeah. And September. you get to be called Dr. Kylie Loveday? Like, that's what I would be looking for to get the most. Yeah, I'll be Dr. Love Day. And at the start, I didn't even care, but now I'm like, oh, no, it's kind of be nice. That's a bonus. That's so cool. I love it. You are such a driven and passionate person. So what do you think motivates you the most? I was just born with this incredible need to achieve. I, I don't know why, but I remember being five years old and being in kindergarten and getting this scrapbook exercise. And I was like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to do a really good job of this exercise. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of got that vibe when you said when you were younger and you did dance and gymnastics and I'm like, yep, she was one of those. Yeah, overachievers. <laughs> overachievers. Welcome to the club. Welcome yeah. to the club. It was, it was just genetic in yeah, a way that I had this insatiable need to achieve. But I also think it came from feeling very capable and going, no, I can though that's why going even if I wasn't I was like oh but I can learn how Mm, yeah so I think it's that combination of genetics and then being reinforced yeah for it too which isn't always great when you're super busy to be reinforced for being busy because I don't I don't reinforce being super busy to just you know flatten yourself out but yeah just a instinctual drive yeah that's great intrinsic motivation Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So you are a stepmom to two beautiful children. Please tell us about this experience. Yes, because you're also a stepmom. I am. I'm a fellow stepmom now you, too. Know, now you know why I put that question in there. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's such a rewarding. Like I think my whole yeah. life changed when I became a stepmom for the better. And I think, you know, I thank my kids for my success. I feel like they drove me to be better. Mm, I, I love mm. being a stepmom mm. for so many reasons. I feel like they take me when I'm with them to a space that I just get to be really present. Mm-hmm. I really I really love nurturing them. Yeah. I really love fostering their minds because I don't think I had a lot of that growing up. Like I don't think parents knew how as much yes. to help mm. kids understand their world and what's going on and yeah. navigating the world and also trying to then facilitate their strengths, seeing what each one yeah. loves doing or really excels at and mm-hmm. going, oh, okay, yeah, I'll focus on helping them with that. And yeah. having a Two little best friends. Yeah, that's cool, huh? Yeah, like the other <laughs> night because Nikki's 10, turning 11 soon. She'll want me to tell you that. Yeah. Um, and Ava's 8 and Nikki, even at 10, just head on shoulder, holding my hand and just feeling that connection and love yeah. that you get from kids who, because I'm adopted, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you know that? No. <laughs> I think you have told me that. I did not. Yeah. And oh, I wow. always felt so much natural love for my mum and dad. Like, they were just mum and dad. Yeah. 
And I feel like it's nice when you can have that relationship with someone who's not your actual daughter, but they just feel like that. And that's the thing is I know when I first became a stepmom, there was all those questions of like, don't you want your own children and no, no, no. But I remember when you had Harlow and you, I remember you saying there actually is no difference. You don't feel any different different. for Harlow than what you did for the others. And I thought that was really profound that you actually experienced that. Yeah, because I was worried about that. I feel like I went into pregnancy feeling, oh, my God, like is the you know our family gonna feel divided or you know I, or I jealousy between yeah. the step and I and just it. remember it being like oh no, no our family feels complete now like yeah. it's not it never yeah. felt her and them or mm. you know and I grew up with a stepmom and I definitely yeah. had a very horrible experience mm. so I just made a point of like I never wanted to be like that I think what you do differently is it's the way you start mm. and totally. you're more aware that okay I don't want to overtread my boundary here Mm. I don't want to be a disciplinarian at the start like I think you have to form a bond Bond. and let them decide yes if they like you first (laughs) and let them make a decision have that feeling of control because they've had their world blown apart a little bit totally and a lack of control and letting them learn what they like about you and what they like doing with you and so I think it's and not forcing it yeah and then you kind of transition at some point Mm -hmm. And there becomes a time where you're like, no, I can now behave like a parent. I feel yes. like I can create boundaries and yeah. do things like that. What did you find? Exactly the same. It yeah. was the same. And because obviously, you know, my husband and I have a 14-year age gap. Yeah. And so okay. his eldest is like, well, how many years difference? There's five, six years difference between wow. us. Yeah. But it never felt like that. And that she was the first one to say, can I call you mum? Yeah, okay. Which blows people's mind because they're always like, are you guys sisters? I'm like, no. <laughs> And always be like, she's my mom. <laughs> like, oh, let's try and explain that to everybody. Um, but yeah, no, the same thing. It was more about how I was entering their lives. So it, I didn't want to be disruptive. So yeah. yeah, it was creating that relationship with them first. And each of them was so different mm-hmm. and needed different things. So you just had to approach each one individually and like you said, learn about what they like and what they don't like and foods and all of that you know, fun way of one day I remember Emily would be like, yeah, I like that today. And then tomorrow would be like, I don't eat that. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> and they're but always changing though. Yeah, totally. So you're always having to keep up because we don't have them full time. So the next fortnight it's something different. I'm like, oh, okay, yep. Okay. We'll just go with roll it. with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. just go with that. Yeah, I know. Well, we, yeah, we had ours full time. So you're straight into full time. You on in. Yeah, thrown in the deep end. <laughs> but I, it was amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah. And I think it's being a parent is such a special job, and I take that really seriously. I'm like, yeah. you know, we get to mold these young people. Yeah, it's even just with being a teacher. It's like being a teacher. Parenting's yeah. like a teacher, you know. Mm. And that's something. A do role fur we t- babies yeah. count? The fur babies yes. count. They do definitely. <laughs> They're the exact same. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Now, you and your partner, who you mentioned before, Joel, who's also an actor, you guys have pulled your talents together really well to start creating artists, a platform that assists actors in reaching their potential faster. Can you please tell us the idea behind this initiative? Oh, firstly, thank you. That's really nice to say about creating artists. Well, it really started, we wanted to start it before we started it, when I started my PhD, because we knew we wanted to be able to mentor actors based on research to support them in enhancing their performances. Mm. Joel's really fantastic with script analysis, Mm. and I've got more strength in the performance and psychological side of 
performing. So we knew that together we could combine those. So we created the 12 concepts, which was a lot of traditional theories, you know, pulling on tools from traditional theories, but then tweaking them based on what the research was showing. Mm -hmm. So we kind of started developing it first before we actually went and did it. Mm -hmm. And then we actually start, like had to start because Joel was made redundant from his job. So we're like, all right, this is, this is an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But then we base it on three principles. Mm -hmm. So uh, firstly, it's creating artists because we're not creating actors. We're trying to cultivate artists Mm because I believe that's, they're two different things. Yes. And you kind of find that journey and you find it on your own, but basing it on preparation, then performance and then mindset. And they're kind of the three pillars. And creating artists starts with an A, artist as well, because it it is that pyramid. It's got the three points. And because I created a hierarchy of needs for peak performance in my PhD as well. So it's kind of symbolic in a lot of ways. And knowing that there wasn't a lot of mentorship available based on evidence-based practice and mm, a yeah. really holistic method of teaching and we just thought you know Joel teaches the script preparation through the 12 concepts and I will eventually teach alignment which is more mindset orientated and then together we we coach in that holistic way because Mm. we've both got different strengths so yeah to have that evidence-based mentorship available yeah cultivating artists based on our strengths that's cool yeah and we just kind of had to throw ourselves in. We're like, all right, this is an opportunity, not a not a negative when Joel was made redundant. We were yeah. like, you know. It was a sign. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, take this opportunity. You want to live 100% in the artist's lifestyle. This is the chance. Yeah. So we just did. Yeah. Yeah. And just went and for it. And sometimes those things happen because it is the universe saying, hello, <laughs> here you are. It's opportunity Careful knocking on the door. For. He yeah. always wanted to. He was yeah. always waiting for the day to be taken away. Yeah. From yeah. having another, you know, side career. Yeah. And he was like, I've been asking for this for so many years. Now exactly. and it happened. Yeah. He's like, I didn't believe it had actually happened, but I've been asking for it. So yeah, here it is. Yeah. I love that. So what three words of advice would you have for someone wanting to get started on their acting career or who may be struggling to secure that first role? That's such a tricky question. Yeah. <laughs> so firstly, training mm-hmm. and training Training either at a tertiary institution or through mentors that have qualifications or experience. Yeah. Not like look at who you're training with. With, with. yeah. But not only train, we meet training artists who they just train, Mm. but they don't train when they get the audition. So they, they don't get coaching. So training also when you get the audition, get someone and collaborate yeah whether absolutely. it be a, a coach you do get mentorship through or working with others so keep training that muscle even in the audition and up level in the audition but then when you get the job so many people then are like oh I've got the job yeah it's, don't need to do anything don't now. need to do anything yeah. else but a lot of the actors that we know who are full-time working actors when they have a job they actually work it they work yeah. every scene and they they train constantly yeah so, never underestimate training because your work will only be richer and uh, just more layered. So training is number one. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good one. And I feel like that translates to anything in the creative arts. Training is number one. And it's not just about booking that first job. You want to be rehired and rebooked and sought after. That's the goal. And that only comes with that consistent discipline and training and improving your craft. Mm -hmm. Doing a good audition, even if you don't get that role, will lead you to the next good audition. You'll get another audition. Doing well on a job will get you 
the next audition or the next job. So constantly doing your best. And statistically, preparation is actually the number one predictor of peak performance from my research. So that is also why. Number two is networking. Yeah. And like going to events, but also trying to have friendships and trying to explore, you know, how you can get to know people. Mm, Yeah. Because... Yes, it's who you know Mm -hmm. sometimes, but I think that falling in love with the people and actually really enjoying those relationships Mm. and, as you said before, intrinsic motivation, so loving that part of it and being fascinated by others so that you can then understand how they got there and just, you know, creating your community. Yeah. And networking is that, isn't it? Creating a community. Absolutely. It's not that, that, you know, sometimes networking is this like dirty word that you're out to get people like, oh, I want to know you so I can get (laughs) something from you. And it's like, no, it's about relationships relationships. and connecting with people Mm. and learning how people got to where they to like yeah. and having an appreciation for yes. them and being like wow you are incredible and I love learning from you I love watching you you are an amazing artist and mm. I just want to be around that yeah and then I think the last thing would be fun mm-hmm. and learning how to keep having fun and learn what makes you enjoy the industry even when you know there can be times where you haven't worked for 12 months and you've been auditioning all the time and there could be times where you feel like you did a really bad audition or something like that and you're just really not loving it so you you constantly if you're starting out you have to remember that this is not an industry where you have control of things Mm. but you can control the way you view it and how you experience it Yes. yes so having fun yes you can that's networking your you know the auditions you can always find a way to be having fun yeah yes absolutely what's the point if you're not having fun exactly. i know as a, <laughs> why did you become an artist love in exactly. the first place yeah, yeah. so it will, it will change the reason why you have fun i think it, it yeah. starts in one way and it evolves mm-hmm. so constantly finding your fun yeah i like that i like it too constantly finding your fun, fun. Got it. (laughs) Do you have any exciting projects coming up that we need to watch out for? And projects being, I guess, very open-ended. I know. (laughs) Could be anything, really. Yeah, like my home project or, you know. Another assessment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've wanted to start my own podcast for a while, but like post-PhD. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something I definitely want to do and make it kind of interviewing other actors, directors, producers from the industry. Yeah, I love that it. would be amazing. Yeah, finding out how they got there. Resource. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what's their peak performance experience in their mind? Like, yeah, what, what did they experience as actors or for producers? What did they really value in their work? Just kind of an industry. Yeah, an industry podcast. that you wouldn't mm. have a lot of platforms for. So no, I think exactly. that would be really well. Engaging. You heard it here first. Yeah, She's about to start <laughs> <the podcast. laughs> we're going to keep you accountable for that one. Yeah, yeah. so. After the PhD. Yes. <laughs> Maybe oh, a holiday after the PhD. Yeah, a holiday, a holiday. A little bit of time off. Yeah. Uh, I've wanted to do so many things. I have a list that I've yeah. emailed myself. It's oh. after the PhD. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. The podcast is just one thing on there. So, yeah, there's lots of projects, but that's the one that people might want to look out for. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That. So good. So our famous last question, what oh. does living your best life mean to you? 
okay, theoretically, (laughs) it means living in alignment with my value system. Mm -hmm. Coming from psychology, I'm very aware of living your life in relation to the things that are important to you and what you value and what makes you happiest. And, you know, if you were at the end of your life, what would you have liked to have spent it doing? Mm -hmm. I think then what that actually means for me now is spending about like six months of the year on a series, like a post-apocalyptic style show or a fantasy style show. And then the other six months getting to have a holiday and renovate because I like renovating (laughs) and and just having some space to do some things. So having that balance, but getting to be on a really like rich, rewarding kind of genre yeah. in terms of performance in a show. So say fantasy yeah. apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. would be so fun. <laughs> They're very like yeah. heightened. That's yeah. why I like them Yeah, because I love, I love watching them. I love auditioning for them. So being on something like that, like mm. a long form for half of the year or like eight months yeah. in the year and then having that like out time. Yeah. Yeah, work hard for six months and then work on your creative projects. Mm. Love it. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So that's so good. That's kind of my best life idea. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We yes. appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Mm, that's okay. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, yes, this sounds fun. And because yes. fun, this is part of me as a creative artist going, oh, I love, I love interacting with people and, yeah. you know, sharing all about the arts and my experience. This is what I want to do. So I just jumped. I was like, yes, I will make it happen. Because yeah. it, so good. you have to, you yeah. have to make time. Totally. Definitely. We agree with that. We sure do. Well, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you for having me, both of you. I've loved it. Thank you. Yay.